Hello and welcome back again family to another edition of Kingdom Goals Season 1 Episode 8 entitled Misconception. Now if some of you don't hear that bubbly high in the intro that you're probably used to by now, that's because it's been real heavy these past couple of days. Now I know like most of you, I myself have been reeling from the horrific events of this past week across America. Not only did we mark a painful milestone in our bout with the novel coronavirus or COVID-19, but the world also watched as Mr. George Floyd was senselessly and heinously murdered by Minneapolis police, something none of us wanted to see, I'm sure, but a haunting truth that we had to see nonetheless. And whereas Monday, May 25th, just this past week, as many of us were celebrating Memorial Day and most were also mourning the death of over 100,000 lives lost in the U.S., the family and friends of George Floyd tried to reconcile his killing. Family, now before we continue here, I understand if you are tired of hearing about the cruel and sadly usual assault and killing of men of color and people of color across the U.S. I'm with you on that. And I want to reiterate that the aim of Kingdom Goals is never to belabor, berate, or play politics. But this most recent act of violence that has taken the life of another unarmed black man has truly grieved my spirit. I want to assure you all that, as I discussed two weeks ago in Kingdom Goals, Episode 6, entitled Deception, the titles of every episode in this season had already been written down and set as of April 16, 2020. The only variation has lied with the exception of Episode 4, entitled Correction, and where I was genuinely moved by the Holy Spirit to give my personal testimony of salvation and redemption. However, every single episode of this season has been truly named, crafted, and directed by God's hand. Now, with that said, today's episode is again entitled Misconception, and if ever there was a time this week where this word and its literal definition were accurate, it is now. Our news cycles and psyches were flooded with the deafening images of George Floyd's shouts of I can't breathe, his unanswered pleas for help, and his gut-wrenching cry for his mother. Less than 10 minutes was all it took for George to go pulseless and for his face, name, and memory to be immortalized in our minds, along with those brothers and sisters of color who too had been callously slain within the past six years. The outcry was almost immediate as just within the past week, the names and murders of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery had also been thrusted into the national spotlight. Both anger and tensions boiling, overflowing, and at a dangerous high, the world was then graphically and horrifically introduced to Mr. George Floyd. And it would seem as though this would be the last straw for many. The first protest began this past Tuesday in Minneapolis, the city where Mr. Floyd was killed one day prior, and have sparked a national wave this week of calls for justice across major cities in America. A call for our lives to matter, 
all lives, but especially those of black and brown variations amid the repeatedly hurtful, unrelenting, and unpunished instances of police brutality and the killing of unarmed black men and women. But what has also crept into these rightful protests, ones where peace and calls for change coincide, are the widely held misconceptions of what these calls truly represent. Now, according to the Cambridge English Dictionary, the literal definition of the word misconception means an idea that is wrong because it has been based on the failure to understand a situation. And the inherent ill with misconceptions is that they are generally pervasive with regard to racial, cultural, and social issues. This pervasiveness begins to take on the chance of the misinformed, the ill-informed, and those who could care less to be informed. And so these individuals feel licensed to succinctly chalk up, lump together, and see the peaceful protests, movements, and demonstrations such as Black Lives Matter or the various respectable coalitions and attempts created in the pursuit of ending systemic racism against people of color and demands for justice, equality, and peace for all people in America as mere societal annoyances and an insensitive outpouring for some lives, but not all life. These very vocal individuals find it appalling that the focus would only be on the lives of black and brown people, but inherently miss the point of it all. The misconception thereby lies not in the hearing and comprehension of the real fight for justice, but in these individuals' ineptitude to empathize with the call and cause of the movements. This is especially exacerbated by the manipulative and deceptive acts of hate mongers and those who seek to undermine the gravity of these issues and paint these movements of peace and justice as anything but. So it is that we have bore witness to this this very week. With the terms thugs, riots, terrorists, terrorism, looting, shooting, and several words in between being hailed at protests across the country, what was to be commemorated as a movement of solidarity and civil rights action for many has been denigrated by the insightful actions of some. The narrative has shifted from the cries of equality and justice for the unheard and the unseen and now spins into political, racial, and societal commentary on defaming the life and legacy of Dr. King, George Floyd, and the civil rights movement as a whole. Angered and disheartened by the sight of the few who chose to vandalize, break into, scavenge, and burn people's cities, landmarks, and businesses, all in the name of justice, quote-unquote, some people are grappling with the true intentions of all these protests. trying to reconcile the need with the visuals in their feed, all some can see is chaos and mayhem. 
And even for those who have walked the walk and stood on the steps of history through the movements of the past and understand that the destruction, anger, and overall purging that they are now seeing is in many ways the misdirected projection of deep and long-standing hurt and the visceral ramifications of unrequited injustice. But for those who are completely removed from the experiences and pains of systemic racism, hate, and disparity, the purpose of the true protest is misunderstood, especially when many believe that the hate-filled anarchy is all a part of the intent anyway. As fires burn and violence ensues, I keep hearing for calls of white people to stand up, Latinos to stand united with their black brothers and sisters, and for anyone anywhere to demand an exact change. But within these last weeks, really have I seen the same cry to Jesus. You know, one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about God and Jesus is that they don't or couldn't possibly care to hear from them, or that their calls and prayers wouldn't be answered because of their quote-unquote stains. The enemy's incessant use of fear, shame, and pain has especially in this season kept the people of God silent when they should be shouting his word and promises from the rooftops, complacent when the spiritual fight should be on and popping, cowering when courage should be raging, and complicit when the stand for justice should be won. Family, today, May 31st, 2020, is the day of Pentecost, or as I put it in my Facebook post, the Holy Ghost takeover. In the New Testament, in Acts 2, verses 1 to 12, we read about the Holy Spirit's coming. So before and after his death and ultimate resurrection, Jesus promised that he would send the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, The Holy Spirit would be the one, as Christ said, who would teach us all things and would remind us of everything that Jesus had spoken. And so it is that in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, in the King James Version of the Bible, we see the Holy Spirit make a booming entrance. The beginning of the chapter is absolutely magnetic. It says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they, the disciples and Jesus' other believers and followers, amounting to about 120 people they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting verse 4 then goes on to say that all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them Now, it would be directly family after this encounter that a crowd started to gather. Um, I believe, I would say, right outside of the house where the disciples and the other believers were. And they began to listen at the door. I'm suggesting, again, the Bible doesn't specifically say this, but in just making an intelligible sense for, for you and for myself, It's a crowd started to gather, listening to and understanding what they were hearing, what was being said. 
though they all spoke different languages. So some began even jeering them, though, um, and they started to make fun of the fact that they believed that, and they kind of chalked it up to the fact that what they were hearing from the disciples and the people of Christ at the time was from them being drunk or from having had too much wine, is what they said. And so this is where it gets real now, family. It is here when Peter stands up and he addresses the crowd that had gathered outside the house again, um, where they were. So in Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 21, in the New International Version of the Bible, it says Peter reminded the crowd, right? So overall, Peter was standing up to remind the crowd of what the prophet Joel had spoken in the Old Testament. Now, these people were uh, Jewish. They were Israelites. So he was reminding them in the sense that they had already known. They have already read the scriptures. They knew what the fulfillment was to be according to God's word. And so he was reminding the crowd of what the prophet Joel had spoken in the Old Testament. And he said, in the last days, this is in, again, Acts chapter 2, verses 14 and 21. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So after continuing his address, the Bible tells us that in verse 38, Peter then charges those who were listening to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise, he said, is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. We read that those who accepted his message right then and there were baptized and that what had started with just 120 believers, family, now please catch this, it started just with 120 believers in one room being of one mind, one heart, and of one accord had now amassed to about 3,000 believers that very day. Wow. Now, what does that tell me? Well, it reminds me of the old adage, right? And many of you have heard this. I know it's kind of cheesy or corny, but it's an adage that's echoed across once packed at this point stadiums and practice courts across the globe. Nonetheless, I believe teamwork makes the dream work. And so what does that inherently mean anyway, right? If not what we see grandly exemplified in Acts chapter 2. It means to have the same goals, desires, and heart for a specific purpose, right? That's my understanding of it. Maybe we differ, but it shouldn't be that much of a difference. Listen, family, God is the master of precision. Whatever his word says to us, 
directs us in and promises us is bankable. We can lay down our life on the fact that whatever the Lord says will be. And as we look out at the landscape of what is now our global and national view, we would be dishonest in saying that our spirits, hearts, and minds were not grieved. However, let us not allow the pain, hurt, anger, and frustrations of our current world to overwhelm us. And instead of first looking to a person, people, or way out, up, and through this, why not look to him, to our Lord God Almighty? Why not look to his throne of glory and pray for his guidance and direction first? To seek his face, his way, and be freed by his grace through the blood of his son and our only savior, Jesus Christ. Don't let your misconceptions of Christ hold you back from meeting him for yourself. I'm talking relationship and not other people's... (laughs) I didn't say it again. I'm talking about true love as given by his blood. I'm talking revelation and not religion. Revival and not rivalry. I'm saying to you today on this very day of Pentecost 2020, let us be of one mind, one heart, and of one accord. Because there truly only is one way, and his name is Jesus. Family, we can't buy our way to, work our way through, or cry our way into the kingdom. God established it as so, so that no one could boast about their good works as a means of their salvation. Jesus is the only way, truth, and the life, and he is calling to you. Will you answer him? Will you accept him and the eternal gift that he offers through your faith? If so, please repeat after me. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I believe that you died for my sins. Please come into my heart and live in me and fill me with God's Holy Spirit. In your holy name, amen. Family, if you just repeated that simple but powerfully life-changing prayer, then you've been born again. Get into the Bible and pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you with godly wisdom and direct your steps in Christ. Practice quiet time with the Lord, if even just starting with several minutes a day. Know that you were purposed and have a divine purpose in Christ, and that the Lord has only plans to prosper you and give you hope in the future. Please believe that, receive that, and see it come to pass. I want to thank you again for rocking with me this edition of Kingdom Goals. And I faithfully look forward to meeting with you again next week. Same time, same place, and by God's amazing grace. But until then, be blessed and be a blessing in Jesus' name. He loves you and so do I. Hug you and I mean it. (laughs) Peace.